The wisdom of God is written in the very fabric of creation. And it's written in the fabric of creation from this standpoint, by the very order of creation itself. If you go study it, and you study science, empirical science, empirical science shows us that the universe is rightly ordered. And because it's rightly ordered, there needs to be an intelligence that orders it rightly. But everything is ordered appropriately if you study science and you study creation. Again, you can study this deeper to really unpack this more, but for the sake of this homily, I just want to make that point. The universe is rightly ordered. And God creates initially man, Adam and Eve, man and woman, rightly ordered to him. His wisdom is rooted in how he has constructed the human person, how he gave them a simple law in the beginning. Don't eat from this tree. He gave them a limit. But the point is that when God created, he created man and woman, the human person, for relationship with him. And therefore, everything, morally speaking, was ordered to that purpose. But we know that sin came into the world, and sin destroyed the relationship that man had with God. And in doing that, disorder was brought into the world. The disorder of man's heart turning towards himself and away from God. It's original sin. And that original sin fundamentally changed the heart of man. It brought disorder. So now that we are, now we are more prone to stray from God than turn towards him. That's from the word of God, the prophet Baruch, chapter 4, verse 28. And actually it says, just as man is disposed to stray from God, turn the ten times more towards him. So you can kind of see that we are ten times more likely, so to speak, to stray away from God. And so anyway, to help man get back on track, so to speak, God had to go through a big formation period with the human race. And this is why God would start small. He, he worked with Adam and Eve. He worked with Noah and his family. He worked with Abraham and the, his tribal group, his family. He worked with Moses and then the Israelites. And then he worked with David and the kingdom of Israel. And all along, especially in with, beginning with Moses and the relationship, the covenant he established with Moses, he was trying to educate man on how to be in right relationship with God, restoring the order, to be in right relationship with God, with himself, and with his neighbor. And this is what the commandments were meant to do. The commandments were merely trying to coach man in learning how to worship God rightly, how to approach God rightly, how to relate to his fellow neighbor rightly, and himself as well. And that's summarized in the, the law, right? Which the, the summary of the law Jesus gave, you shall love the Lord your God with what? All your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. So you see love is at the heart 
of the law, of this right ordering. This is God's wisdom. And so, but God is trying to help man to get back on track to make him wise again. This is what the laws are meant to do. They were God ordered. But the Pharisees perverted somewhat God's law. That's what they were trying, that's what they, so just a little backdrop to, to the gospel today and yesterday, I think even Monday, you know, Jesus is dealing with the Pharisees and he's dealing with the Pharisees how they added things to the law of God and they kind of perverted it by focuses, focusing on certain aspects of the law and making it an end in itself, which one of those is, um, is this washing of the hands. It's true that in, well, first of all, did you know there are 614 commandments in the Old Testament? You probably heard that before somewhere, but just to remind you of that, um, uh, so some of them were like what we call dietary laws, um, uh, ritual laws of worship. Anyway, one of the laws of worship, worship was that the priests had to wash their hands before they entered into, into worship. But the Pharisees took that law and they applied it to, to, to everybody, to lay people, so to speak, and said, well, you gotta wash your hands before you even eat a meal. Well, that, that was an exaggeration. But the thing is, is that, is that what the Pharisees focused on, on all this stuff, were the externals, just doing it in itself. And they lost the overall meaning of why you would even wash your hands, which was to make sure that, you know, that the, the, this washing of your hands, making your hands clean, was meant to signify and teach the Israelites about how you want to make yourself as a person clean before God, pure, if you will, undefiled, okay? But the Pharisees got caught up in the act itself, and they, and they were neurotic. They were overly scrupulous, right? Or they were scrupulous, that's kind of whatever. But anyway, so Jesus is like, look, look, Mr. Pharisees, <laughs> Mr. Mr. Pharisee, this is not what defiles a man. Like, defiling a man is not based wholly in your external action. It comes from within. And you know why? Because what we do exteriorly has its origins, its beginning, interiorly. Jesus identifies it with the heart. It begins in our heart. And sometimes we as human beings forget this. We forget that... Um, that we have like two kind of lives in one person. We have our exterior, the things we do exterior, how we present ourselves exteriorly, you know, we make ourselves up in the morning presentable, which we should, but, but it, it goes beyond that. We also remember that we not only have exterior actions and exterior life, but that our exterior life is moved by our interior life. We have an inner life. And we have an inner life precisely because we are made in the image and likeness of God, which means that we have an intellect and a will like God. God has an intellect and a will. That's what allows him to order all things wisely. You know, he makes good decisions about things, wise decisions, because he's God. He knows everything. He knows how everything, he knows the nature of things, how things should function. So that's why he's able to make things in, in a well-ordered manner. But it's important for us to recognize, wow, I have an inner life. I can go, in other words, I can go within myself. I can recollect. I can, I can kind of like 
leave the world a little bit, you know, and, and go in, go within and encounter and, uh, you know, and inner, my inner life, my inner world. I, I can reflect upon myself. And this is important for us to understand because um, it helps us to be able to get to the root of our, of our sinfulness. You know, Jesus named a list. He gave a litany of things that come from the heart. You know, it's kind of like, a, ooh, 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 yikes, that stung. <laughs> you know, uh, it kind of, yeah, you know, kind of, I might be guilty of that or whatever. But um, it, it kind of, it, the, the only way we are going to become pure, rightly ordered in our actions is if we pay attention to this inner life. If we pay attention to, you know, what's going on inside of me. And that can be hard to do. It actually can be very painful to do. Because it's not easy to, co to confront um, disorder within ourself. And that could be the emotions as well. Right? Because St. Thomas Aquinas, you know, he says that the heart is the, 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 the place where the intellect, the will, and the reason, and, and the, in the intellect, will, wait, the intellect, reason, and will, wait, let me back, back up. <laughs> Here we go again, from the top. St. Thomas Aquinas says that the heart is where, not only where the intellect and will gather, but the emotions as well. It's all three of them convening together because the emotions play a role in how we um, behave interiorly and what, come, and, and what therefore comes from us exteriorly. But anyway, um, when we go inside and we try to examine our conscience, right? We try to examine our heart. Why do I do what I do? Or I have a thought that might be, ooh, that's not a good thought. Why is this thought there? You know, it could just be a temptation. But even still, why is this thought there? Is it really, is it, is it only from the devil or is it also from the devil working on my own brokenness? You know, working on my own interior disorder. You see, this is what we have to do. You know, if we are going to become authentically pure, morally speaking, which means becoming good, to allow goodness to reign in us, to allow God's law to reign in us, to allow God to fully be king of our hearts and order our hearts rightly towards him, then we have to do this we have to pay attention to our interior life. And we have to have the courage to go in and face it. Because again, it's not easy. You know, because there can be some, you know, you go in, you go in, and there can be some wild stuff in there. Right? Some wild stuff, man. And, and to be honest, this is the danger of our culture, is that we're afraid to go within, and that's why we allow ourselves to be distracted from without. And to be caught up in, entertainment and busyness because we're afraid of, of what's in here. But I just want to give you, I'll end with this. I want to um, uh, give you, for me, and this is helpful for me, so I'm going to give it to you. You know, this is where the divine mercy message comes in, into play. Because sometimes we feel like we have to be pure before we can approach God. That's not really the way it works. You know, 
Jesus came into the world knowing that we, weren't, that we don't have pure hearts, that we are kind of defiled by sin. And this is why he came, so he can help us to confront our own sinfulness, our own brokenness, our own woundedness. Why? So he can heal it. But he can't heal what we're not aware about. If we, if we live our life with our heads stuck in the ground, you know, avoiding, avoiding the confrontation with ourself, then it's hard for him to fully act. You know, the, the, we go inside, we, we, we reflect in our life, we do an examination of our heart, we try to understand what's going on, and then, and it, but, but we can do that because we know that God is there with us, Jesus is there with us. Jesus is actually in the spirit leading us to this confrontation. And we, so when we, we, we go within with Jesus, and Jesus is like, yep, look at that. Ooh, I don't want to. Yeah, look at that. It's good for you. Got to look at it. And we look at it. We say, Jesus, enter in. Minister to my heart. You know, Jesus is not going to reject us because we have disorder within. He's, he's going to reject, or we will reject him if we allow that disorder to manifest itself in gravely sinful actions, right? This is why this is why this is important. Jesus wants to heal what is the disorder within, but we he can't do it unless we, you know, face it with his grace, with his mercy, and allow allow him in. And this, this is kind of like this is where trust comes into play. But anyway, this is what I just wanted to cover today. Um, this is a very deep topic, and um, you know, it, it's something that we have to recognize uh, because we are responsible for what goes on, you know, in our in our life. You know, we're responsible for our actions, and our actions begin to germinate within here. They begin in here. So this is why we. This is why it's important for us to learn um, to 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 deal with this. And to do so, this is why prayer is important, by the way, too, because this is where we, where we do some of this stuff. And prayer is where we really learn to surrender the interior to the Lord. So anyway, right here, it's about the heart, right? Jesus wants to be king of our hearts. And so he wants to be king of our hearts because he wants to transform our hearts. So then our exterior actions, what's on the, what we do on the exterior is good and it's matched by what's on the interior. He wants to make the interior good so our exterior can be good. And then that makes us happy, and that's what he wants. So praise God, Jesus, I trust in you. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? 
I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.